Hey, expats and travelers, welcome to this week's episode sponsored by WorldPost.io, the virtual mailbox service powered by Anytime Mailbox. We'll get to the features and benefits a little later. If you're interested in becoming an expat, whether you're moving to Portugal or another overseas location, I highly recommend you get your finances in order before you move. Yes, it's actually really important that you do it before you go. I know when we first got started, we did not do it that way. But if we knew John McNertney at Green Ocean Global, we would have gone to him as he's someone that is Lisbon-based and he is experienced with expat financial challenges. So he's a go-to person that we recommend. Right, he can help you with long-term investments, financial systems, and international taxes. And he's actually helped us and producer Dan has used him to explore what it would be like to move abroad and see if it would fit his family's current financial situation. I think what's great about him is that he gives you personalized plans. He will look into your unique situation and he'll help you out. And this is honestly what's super necessary because we get tax questions and finance questions on the YouTube channel and literally no background from the person that's asking us the question. So now we've started to point people to John. Right, because everyone is different and everyone has their own unique situation. So you need an expert to help you out. All right, so visit greenoceanglobal.net for contact information and further assistance. Check out the show notes below. Hello, and welcome, my emerging expat. You're tuned in to Let's Move to Portugal. I'm producer Dan, and I have the distinct honor of bringing you YouTube travelers and our resident Portugal experts, expats everywhere's Josh and Kaylee. Each week, they'll inspire, they'll educate, and they'll accompany you on your journey to Portuguese residency. This week on Let's Move to Portugal, Josh and Kaylee take us through the bustling streets of Bologna, a city renowned for its exquisite pasta, fine wines, and rich meats. Join them as they explore the unique transportation, dive into the local culinary scene, and ponder the possibility, would they expat that? What is up, expats and travelers alike? Welcome back to the podcast, Expats Everywhere Presents. Let's move to Portugal, but we're not in Portugal. We are doing a special edition road trip of Italia, Italy. Woohoo! <laughs> we are currently in Bologna, and we're going to talk about life in Bologna and what we, what we see in Bologna, what it compares to in Portugal to give you an indication of if it's a place that you should visit or maybe one day consider living in. Yes, so my initial thought and in kind of just walking around Bologna is that it's a city. It feels like it has all the amenities you need, but it's not overwhelming. A little little bit reminds me of Porto in that sense. We'll mm-hmm. get to that though, but like a city that's not so crazy busy that it it's too much. Yes, no, I agree. I think that when I first arrived in Bologna, and it was my first time, I did a study abroad in Italy years ago, but never made it to Bologna. When we first arrived, I felt this sense of it's big and it's important. And it wasn't a sense of like, this is a grand city. It doesn't have that. But it has a feeling of economic importance and just being like big. Yeah, I agree. It's not grand like the the same way that Turin felt. Mm. We talked about that. But it feels just like a city and an efficiently run city, right? I mean, one thing that I absolutely love, which is unique 
so far is they have these big like colonnades, I guess you could say. Like, yeah, I would call so, them colonnades. So you're separated from the street. There's columns that separate you. So it's like big walking sidewalks. Yes, that are covered. That are covered, yes. There's columns that separate you from the street. And so it feels very easy to walk. There's a lot of people, but it feels easy to walk, not super close to streets. So that's comfortable. And you're right, they're covered. So if it's raining or snowing or anything like that, then they're covered. So this is something that I think the city has done really well because they're all over the place. It's not yeah. just like one block. It's like the city. I think they did a great job with that. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think it's it's a very old architecture style. Uh, and it's something that we do not see in Portugal. But I really like it. I mean, for day-to-day living, wow. It'd yeah, be, it it'd makes be sense. so nice. It makes sense. And then also because, like you said, it's, it's like old architecture, it makes you feel like I'm in Europe. Yep. I'm in an Italian city. Exactly. But it's a city as well, so there there's um, modern things to it. Like? What do you mean modern things? Well, like modern living. You know what I mean? Like modern like shops and, you know, you're not in like old Italy, but like right. you get the old feel because of the architecture. But then you see like an H&M in one of these things. You know what I mean? So, right. I got So you. I mean like the modern in that sense. You're not walking by necessarily like an old butcher and an old mom and pop shop. No, I mean it gets modern. How about haberdashery? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but it, and the buildings um, still are maintained really well. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that... The city does well with the infrastructure like that. And obviously it's not like modern infrastructure, but it's been modernized, as you said, and that has made it really nice. The other thing that I immediately kind of noticed as we pulled in was the train station is very central. Yes, it's always nice. And it was obviously central to our hotel as well because our hotel is like just across the street. Uh, Mercure... Bologna, Centro. yeah, Central, right, or Centro. Uh, so that was really great as a tourist, is just being able to rock up uh, to the hotel straight out of the train station and then basically having the city, the city center just behind us, essentially. Right, just there. It's very walkable in that sense. Flat, yeah. walkable again because of the, the sidewalks. Yep. Um, so if you didn't want to be super central then you could be by the train station the train station was nice it was busy it wasn't too shady i think sometimes european cities like the train station can be a little shady this one had restaurants little convenience stores grocery uh, store yeah grocery store a lot lots going on around there so the train uh, train travel if you want to do that is really easy the airport's actually really easy too well i was going to say the beautiful thing about the train station is how it's connected to the airport so whether you're traveling there or living there it's amazing with the Marconi Express. The airport's called something Marconi. Marconi's in the name. But the Marconi Express is like this little rickety pod. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, it is. It's this weird. This like mono, this. This monorail that travels probably twice the speed of like what you should comfortably be traveling. <laughs> Especially on some box. of those turns when you got to like lean. And you're like, oh my gosh. You, <gasps> if you are or slightly unstable, and I don't mean mentally, I mean physically, uh, like with sit. your balance, you sit. probably should sit yeah. down and at minimum hold on because yeah. that thing gets rocking. That box gets rocking. And uh, it threw a few people off balance. It's pretty funny. And there, it's weird because it's small, but it's run for, like quite frequently. Yep. Um, it's a little pricey though, right? 11 I don't euro know. for I don't one know. way? It's, it's 11 euro one way or round trip for 20. Uh, the machines, you can turn them to English, no problem. You have machines by both like 
by the, the train station platform side and by the airport platform side. However, if you want to go into like the little convenience store newspaper stand thingies, you can also purchase it uh, for like whatever the retail price is. So 11 for a single or 20 for a return. Um, Side note there, it's yeah. different than the train station machines. Yes. So yes, the Marconi yes. Express is, not on, is the, not on like the normal train station that's a good machines. Point. So yeah. yeah, just know that. Yeah, and look out for that. But uh, I don't know if we fully touched on this. I think that the great thing about Bologna when it comes to the train station and the airport and being so connected is that whether you're living there or just traveling, it gives you great opportunities to travel. Yes, right? easy, just easy. Right, you've got yeah. you've got plenty of low cost airfare uh, flights, mm-hmm. or do we call them cheap flights? I don't know. Um, you have plenty of that to be able to explore Europe. I don't think that you get a lot of international, like I shouldn't say international, out of Europe flights out of Bologna. Right? Is that the way to put it? Out of Bologna. Because I mean, or, it's yeah, obviously out of, international out of, out of Europe, like out of the Schengen. Yeah. It's obviously international if you're flying from, from Porto to Bologna. Yeah. Or, but or, you know, wherever, outside of Italy. But out of the Bologna. EU is what out I'm saying. Out of the saying. EU is yeah. what I'm saying, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, but it's not too far from, you know, Milan or other places to, to get into bigger cities if you wanted some of those bigger flights. But, no, I think that it's really nice that it's so well connected and that part's very central, so it's easy to get in now the city, whether you're doing train or... or airplane and then boom you're in the city but enough about that i think that we should talk about food (laughs) well what what do you want to say you want to say that uh that bologna is the kitchen of italy i think that's what you called it that's the nickname i heard i don't i don't even remember where i heard that i just remember hearing that and i i thought it sounded great yeah i mean okay so bolognese comes from here yeah i don't think in our three nights that we have fully explored the culinary scene of Bologna. We had a couple of we had a couple of issues going to restaurants that oh, either were booked because of of the holidays. I mean yeah everyone or, everyone wanted a reservation. Or Google straight up lied to us and, and said it was open but it was closed. Yeah we had a lot of that. The, the reservation thing's out of out of control. Yeah. I mean it could be like whatever day of the week, not a Friday or Saturday, but like a random Tuesday and you walk into a restaurant for lunch and they're like, do you have a reservation? You're like, what? You know, so as a tourist, that could definitely, well, I mean, we were tourists on this trip, but that could definitely catch you out. I think if you're living there, you get used to that. It's yeah. still not well, something you fun know, to get used to. No, I know. I, I mean, even in Porto, like, yeah. when we yeah, moved right. here, when we moved here, and, you know, it was COVID, Yeah. you know, you didn't need a reservation for anything. Right. Then as things started picking up, and you'd go and they would ask if you have a reservation and no, so then you wait. I was like, oh, man, we got to start make, making reservations for things, actually right. living in Porto. Right. Um, but you know how to then at that point. And it's yes. not so crazy that you need it for every time you go out. It felt like in Bologna, every like time. you would need it for every time you go out. Lunch and dinner is insane. So, I mean, that is, that is annoying. Um, I mean, obviously, like. We you, were trying to go know. to good restaurants, too. Yeah, right? and, we but were, you would know how to do it, and you would know, like, there's probably an app. I mean, like, in Porto, we use the, the fork. fork or yeah. You know? Um, we so didn't th- even try to use the fork in Italy. Well, because it was always last-minute stuff. We were just kind of like, well, let's go out and find a place, and then it would be closed or whatever, and then we'd be like, yeah, well, we're going to jump on the fork and book it right now. It probably we don't have any availabilities, so. Yeah, we were, let's say, beholden to our daughter's schedule in a sense. <laughs> yeah. We have yeah. a, a 
four-year-old daughter, three, four-year-old daughter. What is she now? <laughs> <laughs> Turning four. Turning soon. four, yeah. In a few days. So she has her own schedule, but also the country has its own schedule. And that schedule is, in general, kitchens seem to close between 2.30 and 3. And then it, they might open between, what, 7 and 8? Yeah, some of them start doing the dinner eight. service. Yeah. yeah, 8 seems to be late. Yeah. Okay, but let's talk about the actual food. Okay. So the pasta, I mean, we had some good tortellini, oh, some good ravioli. Pasta. I mean, we've eaten a lot of pasta. I which... give some shout-outs to some of the dishes. Yeah, I mean, if you can remember the names. Well. Something with a T. Well, one thing <laughs> is the, the tagliatelle is um, not spaghetti, right? Like many people think spaghetti bolognese. And right. you will be hard-pressed to find spaghetti bolognese in Bologna. Right, because, because that's it's like not a, it's what they do. It's a thicker noodle. They they prefer to go with the tagliatelle, which is a broad, flat noodle, it's bigger good. than like a fettuccine, right? Yeah. Um, and it's what do you want to say? It's good. It's no, it's I great. Like it. It's great. Yeah. Now I did remark about this because we ate it like three times. <laughs> we we had it a bunch. The sauce is different than the bolognese that you'll find in the States or even the bolognese that you'll find here in Porto. Like the flavor of, I think it's probably the tomato is not as sweet. It feels a bit more rustic or something. So that could take some people like some getting used to for people. However, for me, it really took me back super nostalgic to when I did a study, the study abroad in Italy and we had, essentially we stayed at a convent where like old nuns were cooking the food and my gosh they made some of the best italian food i've ever had like restaurant quality grandma quality <laughs> grandma quality yeah food yeah incredible worldpost.io is powered by anytime mailbox which means you can get your mail anytime anywhere even on your smartphone and they really have competitive pricing with their lowest package starting at five dollars per month here's a cool feature they have WorldPost can relay things from the U.S. to Europe, so that includes documents, <laughs> Amazon purchases, Amazon from the purchases, US. <laughs> and you can get it to Portugal. And they have a variety of packages. Some include secure shredding, free junk mail filters, and things like that. I bet you love that junk mail filter. Oh, lots of junk mail! I sign up for a lot of newsletters. <laughs> She's not joking. So if you're interested in worldpost.io, you can visit the website or check the link in the show notes below. Okay, let's talk about Lusitana Dreams because what they're offering is really great. Yeah, it definitely is. And Dallas actually has grown Lusitano Dreams since we first met him. So he's really getting his process dialed in. The thing that I like about it is it removes the barrier and, and choke point of the proof of accommodation because that's been one of the biggest things that the D7 and the D8 for the, like the long-term people have had problems with, right? Yeah, it's definitely something that is really hard to lock yourself into sight unseen. But here you can have a legitimate contract. You can rest assured that it's going to be a soft landing because you're coming into a furnished place in a good location, in a livable location, until you can kind of get your bearings and figure out where you really want to live. And the cool thing about it is that they can start your lease when you arrive. So you're not like burning a few months of, of cash essentially paying for an apartment or paying for a lease that you're not using. 
Yeah, that's one that's really hard to negotiate, trying to get a lease that starts when you want to arrive and not when you are actually applying. So the fact that they offer that as a service to where you're not, like you said, burning those months saves you a lot of money. Yep. Lusitano Dreams offers visa-friendly proof of accommodation. So that could be for the D7 visa or the D8 visa. And their properties include detached houses, apartments, room rentals as well in different locations like Lisbon, Qashqais, Lule, and they're expanding too. So uh, soon to be Porto and quite possibly Silver Coast. Yeah, which is really exciting. So check out Lusitano Dreams for more information. We have a link in the show notes below. those little spirally things that like they they're cooked a little more like al dente yeah uh, al dente uh, yeah um I yeah called, i don't remember the i don't remember the good. name of that but but that was an interesting dish as well so that was these and they, they said it was like a special regional pasta too at this specific like handmade housemade pasta place we went Smelled to good in there so it was a creamy par- parmigiano reggiano sauce with Porticini mushrooms and porcini, porticini, por- porcini mushrooms. And then you had this pasta, this yeah. spirally. That was unique. That's not something that's really common, I think. No. Uh, you can't really find it. What is common is the tortellini imbrodo, which is the tortellini that is in a broth. In broth. Br- yeah. Brodo's broth. Like a soup. Mm-hmm. It's a soup. However, it's not the price of soup. So don't expect to go and get this like little dinky appetizer uh, or starter soup salad thing. No, you're going to pay – the price of that will be the price of like a tagliatelle It's a normal ragu. dish. But yeah, but you get a good amount of tortellini in that. That was good. I mean it's just different that it's a – it's not in a sauce. It's in a broth. broth. Yeah. Yeah, like a chicken stock or See, liked something. It. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, she did. That was good. I do like the, the tortellini. Too. It brings me back to uh, my mom's cooking. Like, <laughs> does it? Your <laughs> mom, your mom, her. your mom's cooking doesn't often get shout outs unless it's well. The, there's uh, a joke kind the, of the the, enchila- the enchiladas, uh, the chicken enchiladas, yeah, no, enchilada casserole. We used to get these big bags of frozen tortellini, and I loved them growing up. So it's not you know I joke when mom's better. cooking. Of yeah. course, this was yeah. this is better. It's Handmade fresh, but like, pasta. I, I've always liked tortellini because of that. Yeah, I have to think that all of the pasta, bar maybe one of the restaurants we went to, was handmade. It seemed yeah. that way. Yeah, it seemed like that was a thing to do. That that little place outside of the train station, just to the right, uh, Dispensa, Amelia, something. And it seemed like a chain restaurant, so we're assuming that it was chain type of uh, efficiency. And yeah, it's in the train station. I mean, yeah. like we just did that one the last night because uh, it was close. None of the train workers were using it. Using it, yeah. That's like, yeah, the train station. So you got to think about that. Like it's, you know, train station, restaurant. But the pizza, we also had pizza too, which was really good. Like oh, uh, where great. they have it already made and um, they yep. cut it. You tell them like how big you want. We did have to cut. go there by default because uh, we went to a place that Google said was open and it was not open. Um, that was that was actually going to be our star restaurant that we went to, but yeah. it was closed completely for the holidays. And then we go to the place next door to the pizza place. Like, oh, okay, this place is on Google. Like, it looks like it's got great ratings and it has regional food where we can try this food from Bologna. And then the, it's not like half full. And the lady's like, "Do you have reservations?" We're like, "No," and she's just like, "I'm sorry." Yeah. So we went next door to a pizza joint, and surprisingly enough. I shouldn't say surprisingly. The pizza was very good, but the price. 
So we had three pe- uh, slices of pizza that were filling, and, and it was you 13 say, but euros. Also, too, like, remember when you think of a slice, that you just, yeah, they you have just, the scissors, and you right. tell them a little bigger, a little smaller, right. whatever, and then they weigh it, right? And that's, then right. that's how the price is. So we did that with drinks, and it was 13 euro? Well, the drinks were more, but the pizza oh. itself was 13. 13 euro for the yeah. three. Drinks is where I think in Italy the prices can kind of balloon, mm. uh, certainly compared to Portugal, right? Like in yes. Portugal, you can go to a place like that, like a, a general kind of, I don't want to say a pizza place because obviously pizza is not Portuguese, so you'll pay a little more for pizza. But let's say like a local dish, like you're going for bifanas yeah. or prego no pão, something like that. And you get that dish and then a beer. Uh-huh. The beer will be like a euro, maybe euro 50, two euros max. Well, I think all the drinks there started from like three euros and then went up. Like if you had a craft beer, it was much higher. So, yeah. But so I will say this. Yes. Some, one complaint that I definitely have is in Italy, they've got good wine, right? It, Italian. That's a complaint that they No, have that's wine. not the complaint. The complaint is the pour they give you. Oh, that's a great This call. is where I miss you need, Portugal. You need, to, you need <laughs> to talk about this because this is a mess. They give chintzy pours. Chintzy pours. And I mean, the price isn't outrageous, but let's just say it's a five euro glass of wine, which in Portugal and Porto, for sure, you can get. Maybe three, three euro, right? Some listen. Some places you can still. Some's go a euro, <laughs> and it's yeah. a small wine glass that they fill up to the rim for you. Which that's the those are like little mom and pop places, yeah. which is great. So you still have that, and it's good wine. So it's, it's not like nasty wine. wine. It's good wine. It's drinkable. <clears throat> drinkable. Okay, so you have that as an option, but then you go to maybe a nicer place and you have a glass of wine. Yeah. And it's three euro. Yeah. The pour is a good pour. Yeah. In Italy, you go and you have a glass of wine and it's five euro and it's a chintzy pour. So then you were telling me that they like to get six glasses out of a bottle. Yeah. Okay. Chintzy. Yeah. So when I was working in the restaurants, um, there was no like real standard pour. I'll be honest. I worked in several restaurants. There was no real standard pour. There will be bartending books that tell you you can get five and a half glasses out of a bottle. Like, what are you going to do with that half glass? Let's be honest. (laughs) Yeah. So in general, you're looking at five to six glasses out of a bottle. And then that's kind of where the owner of the establishment wants to to be like, here's how you should pour it. You should get five or you should get six. I think in Italy, it's basically they're looking at getting six. There is a standard pour and it's like, a hundred and was it 175 centiliters or something like that yeah uh whatever it is it's six like glasses it. though and it it looks like a short pour for sure it looks like a short pour in portugal they are heavy-handed with their pours and it could be like four glasses out of a bottle right you're and smiling it's, at it tastes me, good i know true well you know just comparing the wine yeah um as we've traveled you know like we've mentioned, we did Spain, like a similar series at the end of season one where we talked about uh, the different cities in Spain, and now we're doing Italy. Mm-hmm. And obviously Spain and Italy are known for their wine, and I I enjoy wine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Portugal's not really known for their wine internationally, I would say, around right. the world. Right. But when you live in Portugal, you find out you that they have incredible awesome wine. Yes. So I think, and maybe this is harsh, but being in Italy now – for as long as we've been and this all the different right. wines I've tried, mm. I think the Portuguese wine is better. Mm. 
Now, I think that maybe you're going to get higher level Italian wines, but you're going to have to pay for it. Yep. Whereas in Portugal, you can, get, you can get, yes, a great bottle of wine Amen. or a great glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Tastes amazing. Yep. And the price is great. So I've honestly had some of the, like the simple, you know, just a glass of red wine. So whatever your house wine is in Italy, like here in Bologna, I get, you know, it's going to be more expensive and a ginsy pour. And honestly, it doesn't taste as good as the house wine that I'm going to get in Porto. So I'm saying it, I'm saying that. That's how no, I feel. No, I, I think I think that you can say that. I think you're entitled to say that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this, that in Bologna, the prices of bottles haven't been outrageous, right? Whereas I feel like other places we've traveled, maybe more France than Spain, like price per bottle when you're out is drastically different. Whereas in Portugal you know, the, the prices are, are cheaper than Italy for sure uh, right. to buy a bottle. I mean, in the States, there's no comparison. Like in the States, you're paying so much more. 2X, 3X, maybe 4X, whatever the like kind of the retail price of that bottle is. You don't tend to find that here in Europe, thankfully. Right. Okay, so... That's about wine, yeah? Yeah, food and drinks. I mean, the, the food culture is really big here in Bologna, obviously, like you were saying. The, and great variety here. Yeah, you get a lot. Like so, so we talk, obviously, a lot about the pasta and the Italian food, but you can find anything you want here. I mean, Asian actually... Asian scene was big. The Asian food scene was big. Chinese, yes. Japanese. Yes, yeah. Poke. A lot of poke. A lot of poke, yeah. yeah. Definitely saw a lot of that. And then, I mean, obviously, like I was saying, we talk about pasta, and there's a lot of Asian, but something else that's really big here is mortadella. Yeah. Mortadella is not your your... <laughs> Your grandfather's baloney? <laughs> what? Where are you going with that? Well, what I mean is, is like, baloney has a pretty bad name in the States. Yeah. Um, it has a, a very... I used to like it in my Lunchables when I was a kid. <laughs> where Where if it smells like plastic and tastes like rubber, you shouldn't be eating it. But I don't think that you... Well, we haven't found that here. It's been no, it's very not. good. High fat content, I will say that, but like fat's flavor. Uh, Emeril Lagazzi said that, and he's right. So I really enjoyed having the fresh bread, that kind of like crusty bread, a pack sandwich full of mortadella, and then other things, other accoutrements. I mean, I think that there's low quality type, maybe. Like you we didn't have at, any. The, at a grocery yes. store or something. There's low quality. Yeah, yes, yeah, you yeah. want to be Not careful there for the mortadella. But we we went to this amazing place that's known. I mean, there was a line outside. It's it's all takeaway, so there's no sitting in. But like they're really fast. Mo. Um. Yeah, it was good. That place was good. So I think it's called Mo. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you said Mo. Mo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So the the mortadella is also another thing that you got to try. And don't be scared. Don't be scared. It, it tastes good. It doesn't taste like cheap or nasty. or But go to, don't, go to a good place, I guess. Get, listen, do don't think of it as like Oscar Mayer bologna. Right. Right? Unless you like Oscar Mayer bologna, then and this, this is going to blow your mind. <laughs> yeah. we, we didn't have any mortadella with olives in it. Like... I find that to be pretty typical, like in uh, Philadelphia or New York, you go to uh, a deli and you'll find mortadella uh, sliced, but it'll have like that little piece of, or several pieces of olive. We didn't have any like that. So I don't know if that's like an Americanism or... I thought I saw one like that. Did you? Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was on we like a platter that we got. Yeah. On a platter on that platter? we got. Like a... Uh, it was served on a platter? <laughs> like a... We had like a cheese and a meat one, but that might have actually... Maybe we got that though in Parma. 
Parma. Yeah, I think it was in Parma. Parma. Yeah. yeah. Which was the last episode. Right. Yeah. Um, so that that does exist here. Um, but it doesn't it's not necessarily the norm, I suppose, when you think of Mortadella. Yeah. Okay, let's jump back into the kind of the city as a whole. I think that the city, certainly this time of year, felt busy and heavily toured. Yes. Now it does not get the same amount of tourism as a Rome or Milan or Venice even. Venice is is kind of more compact and smaller, so it can feel extremely busy. But it still felt heavily toured. Yes. Yeah, there do, there do seem to be a lot of people here right now. Um, I mean, it's, it's holiday time, so people are traveling. It makes sense. Yeah. On Christmas, New Year. Well, it could also be because, like, all of the main attractions on the tourist maps are all centered around the center square. Like yeah, all of it's the all very compact. To see, to take a picture of, whatever. It's all in like a, what feels like one mile or a kilometer, really. Um, so like a half mile square. Yeah. But actually, if you look on, uh, you know, do research of what to see, I did see a lot of people saying that you could do it in one day because it is, I mean, yeah. you know, all that stuff is so close. So Bologna is big, but if you're just going to see that stuff, yeah. the, then you could do all that because so it's all, it's all together. Yeah. But you want to get out of that little area. Like if you're really considering living there, obviously you're not going to live down in that. That'd be a little yeah. too crazy, I think. So if you want to live in Bologna, then you want to explore a little further out. Yeah. Okay. Well, segue. Let's talk about living there now. Um, I think this is an appropriate time to kind of talk about would you expat that. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So would you expat that is the portion where we talk about if we could live in a certain location, this location being Bologna, for the medium term, let's say a year to five years. Uh, Bologna, would you expat that? So I was kind of on the fence about this, and then I had a conversation with a lady, and we I told her that we lived in Portugal, and she, an Italian lady, and she said that she had never been, but it was kind of on her radar, and I said, well, of course, you have Lisbon, but we live in Porto, and I started explaining Porto a little bit about how it's nice because it's a city, but it's not an overwhelmingly big city with all the hustle and bustle, and she said, oh, that's like Bologna. So I was like, okay. So then I kind of opened my mind to that, like trying to look at it, like how similar is it to Porto? Yeah. Um, and in a, the sense, like more of a second city type feel where you have all the amenities that you want. Like I mentioned this at the beginning, um, but it's not so crazy, maybe like a Rome or, you know, the size of a Lisbon. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting that she said that. So when she and I were talking about the difference between Bologna and Porto, she's like, okay, I'm going to Porto. Like that's, that's what I, I envision because that's what I like about living here in Bologna. Yes. So I thought that's interesting. So I think that you can draw some comparisons to the feel and the size of Porto and Bologna. Yeah. And so I would say, yes, I would expat Bologna. I wouldn't want to live in the center area where it's crazy and it's more of the tourist part, but you get a little outside of that, like I said, and I think it'd be very easy to live. It's connected, like we said, with the train and the easy access to the airport. So I would say, yes, I would live in Bologna. I just would have to deal with the wine situation. (laughs) (laughs) And you? And hopefully you wouldn't whine about it. (laughs) Good one. Um, No, I, I would not expat Bologna. I I didn't get the vibe of the city. I think that there are certain things about the city that are great. Like we have very limited Italian, but we did not have any issues getting about uh, with just English. And if we lived there, I would want to learn Italian, but uh, it would be very easy just to go there with just English, um, at least from a service perspective. 
I like the colonnades. I thought that that was fantastic, and we didn't experience any rain, but I would be walking those colonnades with a smile on my face if it was raining, <laughs> knowing that I would not be getting uh, drenched. Um, there was something just about the atmosphere of the city that didn't click with me, and it could be the time of the year and, and how many people kind of were about in that city center, and the fact that we didn't really see the outskirts the way that we have in other places. So in that regard, I'm, I wasn't a big fan of Again, I go back to the train station, the connectivity with the airport. I like that a lot. And for those reasons, it would have me curious to visit again. All right. So I'm saying no right now, but it it's a place that could potentially win me over. It's a place I wouldn't mind going back and visiting, honestly. Like if I if I never go back to Turin, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Um that sounds harsh, but I, I think yeah. That's I honest. Thank you. I feel like Parma is a better place in the sense that it's midway between Milan and Bologna. So that kind of fit me better. Like location-wise or yeah. feel? Uh, it's no, not, no, it's no, 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 no. Location. Sorry, feel-wise. Okay. Location-wise, I think it's good for travel uh, or living there for travel because you have both Milan and Bologna nearby. Yeah. So if you find a cheap flight in Bologna and you want to fly out of Bologna, easy. Or maybe the better flights are going to be out of Milan yeah. because it's a bigger, they have two airports and they're bigger. But I, I guess what I'm saying is, is we need to check out Romini next and see if that might be a better place. Okay. Um, I see. So you're like, you're like, oh, it could be, it could be, but not feeling it right now. Well, for the listener, check out the Parma episode, mm. but because, all right, spoiler alert, yes, Parma for me. Um, <laughs> you just gave it away. No, well, they don't know what you're going to say. Okay. But Parma to me is better than Bologna. Okay. And and therefore, having those two to compare, it makes it really difficult to feel any sort of feelings gotcha. Uh, gotcha. towards Bologna. Okay. So there's that. We yeah. soldier on. So like Josh said, the next, uh, next location is Rimini, going to the coast. And we're renting yeah. a car so that we can get into San Marino. So we, got we Ramini and San Marino. Yes. So we will be talking about both of those. Obviously, we you know talk about this being our Italian tour, but we will be going to San Marino. The Italia. Yeah, and the northern part here. But we uh, will be going to San Marino, and we want to want to share with you, listener, what that's actually like. It, does it feel Italian? Does it not? So we will get to that as well. So that's that's uh, on deck here. Yep. And now, I think that's all let's for this one. Get moving. Bye. Bye. Oh, we're going to be a little bit of editing, Dan. Yeah, I tried time. to mark and say your name. So, listener, we know that you are preparing to move to Portugal. We did everything ourselves for the D7 visa. So we have a DIY D7 course. We also have a DIY remote worker course now since they've split those up. And if you're already here, we have a living in Portugal course for you. Now, the difference between the D7 and the D8 or the digital nomad visa course that you could get is if you have active income, you should be getting the digital nomad or D8 course. If you have passive income, you should be getting the D7 course. And we have a special promotion for anybody that is a listener of this podcast. If you type in podcast at checkout, you will get $15 off.
So these will just guide you through exactly what you need. They stay up to date as things change. And once you purchase it, it's yours for life. So if you're not ready to go now, you can still get it and take a look and you can use it later on. And Kaylee is a mad lady and she is always updating the course so that it doesn't fall out of date. Well, I have to because they're always changing things and so it has to stay up to date. That's facts. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Let's Move to Portugal. Contact info for all the services mentioned are in the show notes. If you like the show, please subscribe. If you love the show, please tell a friend, connect with us on our socials, and if you want to help us out, give us a review on your podcast player. Expats Everywhere Presents Let's Move to Portugal is produced by Time or Money Productions. Expats Everywhere researches our guests, and we do our best to provide factual and relevant information at the time of the recording. Despite our best efforts, we can make no guarantees as to the accuracy of what you've heard in this episode. We highly recommend that you do your own research and check your own facts. 